Scaling your law firm doesn't have to be difficult. It's all about mastering a few key strategies, systems, and mindsets. Welcome to the Scalable Law Podcast, where we talk about how you can increase profit in your pocket and time in your calendar. My name is Carolee Fontanelli, and I have successfully scaled my firm so that it doesn't solely rely on me. Now I love teaching other law firm owners how to do the same. Let's transform your business starting now. Welcome to another episode of the Scalable Business Lounge. It is getting hot and sunny and steamy actually here in Queensland. But tomorrow I am heading off to Queenstown for my birthday where it is actually going to be around one degree uh, overnight. So it's going to be the opposite to hot and steamy, but I'm really looking forward to it. I absolutely love, of course, going to New Zealand, which is where I am from. And yeah, Queenstown is a very, very special place. If you have not been there, definitely, definitely head on over for a fun time. Um, I'm only going for four days, but it is going to be amazing nevertheless. So what's been happening in my firm? So many things have been happening in the firm this year. This year, we always sort of try and have a focus in the firm. I sort of look at something that's really not working that well and think about how we can tweak and and perfect it. One of the things for the firm that has been a little bit of a bugbear for me is sales. Now, the reason that sales has been a bugbear is because initially, I used to be the one who did all the initial appointments which meant that I was doing all of the sales. Now, for me to get someone across the line to convert them from a free initial appointment to a paying retained client is fairly straightforward and simple. There are a few little magic things that I must say that others do not that make all the difference. Now, I've now got a bigger team. And so to feed a larger team, you have to see a lot more initial appointments. And it was getting a bit out of hand a few years ago. I think I was doing around, say, 450 initial appointments a year. Now, that's really, really exhausting, especially if you're doing three or four a day and you, you know, you're, you know, those particular clients in family law can be, um, it can be really hard work and it just got too much for me. Plus, I don't want to be stuck in the firm, working in the firm. I want to be working on the firm and improving everything that I can. And I really have been focused on creating a law firm that doesn't rely on me all the time. So I really didn't want this really important component of the firm, sales, to be relying on me. Now, in my firm, we've got funnels working really, really well. We've got an amazing referral funnel. We've got an incredible paid ads funnel. And we have got an incredible organic funnel. And all of them work really well. And they're mostly automated without me, which is absolutely ideal because it means that they continue to work and they continue to bring clients in the door without my input, which is awesome as a business owner. But then what would happen is that the the funnel would then bring all the clients in and then the initial appointments were landing on my plate. And I had a team of incredible solicitors who are all 
uh, really experienced and can do initial appointments. They're very, very capable of giving that amazing initial legal advice. But the problem is, is that some of them were converting at 35 or 40%. My conversion rate is close to 45%. Others were converting at only 15%. So what does that mean for the firm? Well, if you're sending all your initial appointments to someone in the firm who's only converting at 15%, that means that they have to see a lot of initial appointments before they're going to convert any. They would have to see 100 initial appointments over the year to only retain 15. And as you know, 15 is not a big enough file load to keep one family lawyer going. So it, beca- it started to become a real problem because and a frustration of mine because I was feeling like I'm spending all this money on ads. I'm spending all this time and effort creating these amazing funnels that bring people in the door But then when I get them in the door, we're not landing the client. And why aren't we landing the client? So I put a whole lot of things in place, such as ensuring that if they were a really good matter and a really good client, that they were sent cost agreements so that I know that my ads are working, my marketing is working, and we're getting the right clients in the door. So what I know from our data is that 70% of the matters that we get in the door for a free initial appointment are quality clients that are able to be retained or retain our firm. So why is it that there are certain solicitors in the firm that we're only retaining at 15 and 19%? So it's something that I have been working on um, vigorously, you could say, throughout the last year. And that is really training my team for in sales. Now, <laughs> lawyers do not like to think of themselves as sales people. They like to think of themselves as lawyers giving legal advice. And they obviously really care about that. But the difficulty is to retain a client, you don't necessarily need to be giving them the ingredients of all the best legal advice in that initial appointment. That's not necessarily how they get retained. Now, the other problem, of course, is that with the way that the world is set up now, with it's so easy to hop on a Zoom call and have as many initial appointments as you possibly can as a client, you can shop around very, very easily. The legal landscape is very, very competitive and mastering the art of sales is actually very necessary. You could be the best solicitor in the world, and in my firm, we are family lawyers. You could be the best family lawyer in the world. You could have an incredible wealth of knowledge and experience in family law and integrity and dedication, but this training that you've got and this experience is not necessarily going to help you to convert a client. One of my most senior team members was one of the ones who was struggling the most on conversions. Now, what I ended up doing is I ended up recording their initial appointments so that I could see what was going on. And I got lots and lots of clues as to why their sales were not where they should be, why their conversion rate was lower than it should have been. This was excellent because 
From there, I have been able to offer my team a script on how to sell our service and I have been able to offer them some training around how to sell our legal service. Our legal service is absolutely no good to anyone if we're not able to retain clients successfully. And if you're only able to retain at 15 or 20%, it means that you are going to be working really hard doing a lot of initial appointments and really hard getting you know those people in the door, the phone ringing, so it'll feel like there's a lot of activity, but the conversions are going to be low and it's going to be a struggle to keep your file load full. The other thing, of course, is that if you're going to spend 45 minutes with a client, why not make that 45 minutes work for you? So what that's really about is working smarter and not working harder. So how do we do that when it comes to our sales? Now, I will say this. Most law firm owners are excellent at retaining. And the reason is, is because I think as a law firm owner, we have that extra bit of hunger to make sure the work gets in the door. Whereas if you are an employed solicitor, you might not have that extra hunger because you get paid the same regardless. So I think most of the law firm owners that I'm speaking to, they do retain really well in their firms. But if you are not retaining really well, there are a whole lot of things that you can do about that. And if your team are not retaining as well as you, and you feel like you're not able to step away from doing all those initial appointments, you absolutely can step away from doing those initial appointments if you train your team well. So I'd love to report to you that our law firm is now uh, lifted, we've lifted the average and we are now on average retaining at 30%, which is a huge increase from where we were at. Um, there are some lawyers in my firm that are retaining at well over 40% and there are some that are retaining in the 25-ish percent area, but there's no one retaining lower than that at the moment. So the work that we are doing to help our lawyers to become better salespeople and better at retaining is really, really helping. So I thought that I would share with you today my quick tips on how to make sure that you retain at that higher conversion rate. My number one tip is to really know your audience. Know exactly who you are speaking to and specifically what their pain point is. Clients only come to lawyers for two reasons. They come to lawyers because they either want to get out of a sticky mess or they come to lawyers because they want to prevent a sticky mess. Both have pain eventually. Um, some are in deep pain and they want to get out of it right away. So for us in family law, that is the case. For others, such as contract lawyers, wills and estates, uh, say property, the client's pain point is they want to make sure they're protected moving forward. So you've got either one or the other reason that a client is going to come to you, but both of them have a pain point. And that pain point is something that as lawyers, we really need to be speaking to. Forget all the legal jargon. They don't care about certain cases. What they care about is do you understand the pain that they're in right now or the pain that they could potentially be in if you don't resolve their problem? And do you understand 
how to get them out of that pain. Now, I know you understand how to get them out of that pain, but they might not understand that because you talk to the legal problems rather than talking to their pain points. So know your audience and pitch and address their specific needs and concerns and pain points rather than dishing up a whole lot of legal jargon because that is not going to help them. So that brings me to number two, which is to humanize your approach. Clients are not just looking for a lawyer. They are looking for a human who has the skills to solve their problems. They don't want a robot. Uh, they don't want a firm. They want a human who can actually help them out. They want someone that can be relatable, someone that they can know, like, and trust, someone that they believe is going to return their phone calls and care for them in their legal matter. That's really what they're after. So show your human side. Show that you do care. And I know lawyers, we are lawyers because we do care about helping people and helping them resolve their legal issues. So really show that in the initial appointment and it will really, really help. Next up, number three, is to simplify the legal jargon. Now, I know that we want to feel like we're giving them all of this legal information, but the reality is is if we're just talking at the client about legal jargon, it's going to drift over their head and we're going to lose them in that initial appointment. So one of the lawyers that is an excellent lawyer in my firm. She's absolutely amazing. I watched her initial appointment. Unfortunately, it was way too long. She took two hours. And during that two hours, and we allocate 45 minutes, by the way, during that two hours, she spoke to the client on every single tiny possible risk and legal issue that this client could possibly be facing. It was incredibly overwhelming for the client. All she actually needed to say was condense all of those issues down into five minutes and say to the client, I've got you. I know where you're at. I know how to resolve this. If you give me your matter, we can resolve this for you. We have the legal skills. We have the legal knowledge. She gave way, way too much legal information um, and advice. And really in those initial stages, you know, you don't necessarily need to be giving all that legal advice at an initial appointment. If they retain, yes, 100%, that is what we get paid to do. But in the initial appointment, we're not there to dish up a whole lot of legal jargon and case law and legislation. What we're there to do is to reassure the client that we can help them and really give them the confidence that they've come to the right place and we've got them. All they want to know is that, you know, can you fix it? And How long will it take? And how much will it cost? And are you sure you know what you're doing? They just want to know that. They don't actually want to know all the legal ins and outs. So the fourth thing is that storytelling can really, really help. So using relatable antidotes or past case examples of people who might have been in a similar situation uh, with them, of course, without violating any confidentiality. But by doing that, it can give the client a whole lot of confidence that, yes, you've dealt with this situation before 
And yes, you have dealt with these kinds of circumstances and these people and you know what you're doing. Again, it formulates a know, like, and trust factor and clients can relate to stories. They can't relate to legislation. So what were the problems? What were the pain points? How did it get resolved? And, you know, was there a happy ending? That's all they want to know. Next up is to be transparent, particularly when it comes about timeframes, what the outcomes are going to be, potentially, and also uh, risks involved and always be upfront about fees. And one thing I'll say is never, ever shy away from talking about fees. You must do this. Do not let your client leave without explaining the costs and the different options. So in family law, we have lots of different options. We have legal funding, which is like a deferred payment. Um, you know, you might have some sort of fixed fees, uh, pay some now, pay some later, uh, whatever it might be. But they need to know what the costs are going to likely be and that can really help them to make a decision so being transparent about that is really really important we always in initial appointment ask for an upfront retainer and the cost agreement to be signed if they want to engage or retain us and we i always say to them when you've signed your cost agreement you understand the fees and you've paid a retainer we know that we've got a committed client and you know that you've got a committed legal team. They get it, they understand, and they feel really confident when we say that to them. Next up is during your initial appointment, you need to emphasize and highlight the value to the client and not the cost. So highlight the benefits of the legal service rather than the price tag. So for example, In a family law matter or a wills and estates matter or a commercial matter, we can talk about the fees versus, you know, the outcome. So there's no point a client, for example, spending $20,000 on legal fees to get $20,000. That would be poor advice. And I would say that to my client uh, in that initial appointment. But But if there's a major commercial benefit here for your client, you can say to your client in the initial appointment, it's absolutely worth you spending ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars on legal fees because the outcome is going to be A, B, C, or D, um, and that can really instill a lot of confidence in them as well. So, highlight the value, highlight what your lawyer can actually do for you, the benefit of getting this legal advice done, the benefit of getting these documents done, the peace of mind, uh, you know, all of that type of thing. And that is where the value is for clients. Imagine not being in the land of unhappy anymore, where you are now, or the land of uncertainty. And imagine having peace and being able to move on with your life, or peace and not having that risk lingering over your head. Uh, So highlight those values to them. And obviously, the sooner we get started on your legal matter, the sooner that this is going to be finished. So highlight those values to them. And lastly, One more really, really important one, and that is to listen actively. Let the client speak and demonstrate to them that you truly understand their concerns. So this comes back again to understanding your client's pain points. Now, if you give your client that time at the beginning of your initial appointment, let them talk for five or 10 minutes about their pain points 
direct them, of course, because you've got to lead this interview so that you can start extracting the correct information out of them. But don't cut them off and just speak at them. And so with one of the uh, initial appointments that I watched from my team, she talked too much about legal issues and all of the problems that this client may have and the risks that the client may have and how we'd overcome them using the law. It was too much. It was too much her talking and not allowing the client enough to express their pain points. Now, it can be really frustrating as a lawyer because sometimes clients have a whole lot of emotional stuff that they bring along and they want to talk about all that emotional stuff. And for us, it's completely irrelevant because for us, we're dealing with fixing the legal issues and it's our role to pick out the legal issues and deal with those. The initial appointment is not the time to be doing that. The initial appointment is to allow the client to speak. Then after that, you've done your active listening. It's now the time to fill them with confidence about how you can resolve their problems and their pain points. And then the third component is to talk about fees and how they engage you. That's the sort of real sales pitch part at the end. Now, I like to divvy it up in a third, a third, a third, so that each of those get their own um, amount of time and so that you're not just giving them a whole lot of legal jargon that they do not understand for 45 minutes, but rather you're able to let them speak for 40, for 15 minutes, you can hear them out, empathize with them, and then you can give them some legal advice and fill them with confidence for 15 minutes about how you can solve their problems and how you can make their pain disappear or how you can get them out of risk. And then you can spend 15 minutes talking about fees, how much it might cost, a little bit about the process and uh, how they can actually engage you and making it really, really clear. You are not a client until you do A, B, C, D. This is our firm's policies. And having those clear boundaries right from the beginning sets the relationship up really, really well. So those are my quick tips. Now, I am developing a huge sales training um, and I'm going to be giving the sales sales training to my firm and then it would be awesome if I can also offer you guys the sales training as well. Uh, I will be letting you know when that will be the case. But in the meantime, if you would love to join the Scalable Business Lounge, we have got about 45 trainings in there for you on how to run your business. Uh, all sorts of different things. We have got new masterclass every single month. And of course, there is our core training on how to scale your law firm as well. So this is a step-by-step course on how you can scale your firm so that it does not rely on you as much anymore. And we also have hot seats in there as well as an incredible community of a whole lot of amazing law firm owners who are all supporting each other So if you would love to join, hop on over to scalablelaw.com and I would love to have a call with you one-on-one and we will do a strategy for your law firm. Well, that's all from me for now and I hope that you're having a fabulous week. I am flying off, so I will be tuning in again next week and let you know how it went. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Scalable Law Podcast. 
brought to you by the Scalable Business Lounge. If you would love to know how you can get more clients without relying on referrals, head over to scalablelaw.com to watch my free masterclass. Until next time, you have got this. Oh, 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 oh,